to Z, a flavor odyssey. And welcome back to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. So we've had some technical uh, issues, obviously. Um, <clears throat> we're doing the best we can to bring you guys uh, a live episode. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to keep rolling with this as long as it, as, it, as it rolls. And if we lose this connection again, we'll, uh, we'll just kill it. We'll record an episode for you, and then we'll air it hopefully tomorrow. So, <clears throat> so we're just going to start over again. And welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. It's our co-host, Randy Griggs. Randy, I'm getting used to pointing to my right, even though on my screen you're to my left. Yeah, I was going to say, you're actually getting much better at that. I am. Uh, and I still, I still don't do it right, but there you are. Yeah. It's the opposite of, of – opposite is opposite. Yeah, see? So we are here with Letter Y, Randy, brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate. Drew Estate Cigars, the reaper of cigars. Of cigars. Yeah, there I did with that, that, uh, that pregnant pause for you, Randy. I uh, apologize for It's yep. becoming a bit more difficult. Um, anyway, so we are here today, episode Y, with the Drew Estate Liga Pravada Unico Siri Year of the Rat, Randy, along Boys, with. I think we're going. Are we going? Are we still live? We're still young, live. All right, sorry. Young Double Chocolate. I'm just rolling like we are, baby. Go Young's for it. Young Double Chocolate Stout. Nitrogenated, Randy. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It is nitrogenated and it's quite walkable. Indeed. Indeed, both of those things. I, I just, I can't. The logo, I can't get away from it. Now it's right in the middle of my face. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, okay, so we're here for episode Y. We've got some giveaways. I want to get this all out in the open right off the bat. We've got a, a Drew Estate prize pack. We've got two um, Flavor Odyssey. Odyssey prize packs. One yes. coming from Lot B. One coming from Lot B minus. And I'm, I'm B minus, by the way. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do have a banner. I'm, I'm getting a little bit better every time. A little more so, official. <laughs> so we've got those prizes coming. Uh, the first way to enter is to share this. We'll try it again. Share this episode. Even if you already shared it, we're going to kill that last one because, uh, first of all, it just wasn't. Are you really, Jordan, are you going out of your way to put it right in my face? <laughs> so on the podcast, that's going to sound really strange. I'm talking about the logo <laughs> on the screen and nothing appropriate. Um, so we've got <laughs> so we've got uh, some prize packs going. If you're watching live, uh, we will uh, uh, go ahead and share the episode. Share this one, not the previous one. Even if you shared the other one, delete that old one and share this. And uh, that will get you entered to win one of the prize packs. We've got the other two prize packs for uh, some live listeners. Um, oh, Bill Powers, I can see, shared a video. Bill. Nice. You're entered, you're, baby. You're entered to win. In to win. Bill is in it to win it. Uh, we've got a couple more that if you just uh, participate in the show, um, go ahead and you know make a comment, uh, ask Randy a beer question, You know, tell me that my beard is looking pretty tight today because I trimmed it and it looks nice, um, or uh, you know something to that effect. Uh, then you'll be entered as well. What we need to do next time, and we didn't take this into account, and I apologize, it's my fault, is to have a podcast listener as well, because we've got um, (laughs) 
Paul wants to know if there was nudity in the previous uh, part of the episode. Uh, Paul, I am not at liberty to comment on that just yet. Uh, our, we have a trial date with uh, Facebook jail coming up rather soon, and I've been instructed to not comment on an open investigation. Uh, in the future, we'll get some uh, podcast uh, prizes as well, Randy. That's, that's my fault. I, I kind of let that slip. Uh, Steve, hey, you know what? I don't think we need to put um, – any more comments from Steve up on the screen? <laughs> is, uh, is that a touch of gray? Okay, easy. All right, you guys are all. It's, it's way more than a touch. This is a list of people <laughs> who are just not going to win. Actually, no, I, you know, I, I do just for men all of it except for this part. <laughs> no, just, no, that's not true. I, I, ever since I grew this beard, I've had this beard since 2012. It was my World Series beard in 2012. The day I started growing it, it was white right in the front it's just kind of crazy i don't know why um and <laughs> did i ever tell you the story randy when i was at uh oktoberfest and i can't remember which tent i was in i it was we were how many liters in and there was this guy from switzerland and he was very interested in my beard and like he kept wanting to touch it and i kept having to tell him like dude don't touch don't touch me it was very awkward don't touch the merchandise <laughs> You don't touch it. You got to pay for it first. Uh, it is not that kind of show, Randy. Wow, we're off the rails. So, uh, don't listen to the haters. See, that's how you win. Patrick. <laughs> Beautiful. You well done, to Patrick. the hosts. Yeah, this mm. isn't rigged at all. Indeed. So, oh, that's a long, what does that one say? That's a have video. you ever a cigar with a cheap beer like Budweiser? And if so, have you ever had a cigar that absolutely smashing with that beer? I have not. And uh, to be honest, I pushed in letter X to do uh, Opus X with the Dos Equis, mm, which um, was, I was voted vehemently voted down. <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that. Josh is trying to pull us back on track. How's the cigar so far? Josh, appreciate you, brother. So uh, yeah, share the share the show, comment, and you guys will be entered. So we're smoking the year of the rat, <clears throat> Randy. We'll get into the beer in a second. If you go over to maybe not right now because you're watching the show. But uh, when you have some time, travel over to uh, CigarDojo.com, and uh, you'll see that there is a review for The Year of the Rat up there. And it was penned by yours truly. And Jordan made me sound a lot smarter than I actually am. So, Jordan, I appreciate that as always. Yeah, get out uh, of here. So we've got The uh, the Year of the Rat. And this cigar, now, it's it has been released at the TPE trade show earlier this year. It was released for, it's a national release now. It's an event-only cigar. Uh, you can get it at uh, Drew Diplomat stores when they're having an event. Um, <clears throat> scheduled for release uh, later, like later this spring is, is the idea. So most of you probably don't have your hands on this. But the cigar's actually been around for, um, since 2016, Randy. Did you know that? I wasn't aware of that. It's because you haven't read my review. It's been around Ooh. since 2016. And it was a uh, <laughs> it was a Drew Estate Lounge exclusive at the now uh, Eric and Jordan you can comment on this because it's a hockey thing uh, at the, oh, the oh, home of the and Florida it's Panthers. not just a hockey thing it involves us pretty personally very, does it really are you part of the Florida you Panthers should put us on the screen Jordan so oh I will well, now that we're getting into it tell the story if uh, assuming yeah, we don't let crash. it rip amen. But guys, when the when the Colorado Avalanche won their first ever Stanley Cup, it was against the Florida Panthers, and there was this whole thing about rats because somebody saw a rat in the locker room. So then every time Florida Panthers would score, they'd throw a rat onto the rink, 
And then eventually, now fast forward, Drew Estate started doing a lounge uh, at that stadium. And so they called, you know, that was the whole idea, Year of the Rat, because of the whole rat thing. And so that's that's kind of a uh, summary of the story. By the way, the Avalanche did win. and Swept them. Swept them ga- four games. And there was this famous moment when they had scored a goal and all the rats came, the rubber rats came pouring down onto the ice. And Patrick Waugh stood at his at his goal mount and he said i don't want to ever see another rat on the ice in my life and that was it they never scored again so oh really i didn't know they had a a mound on ice like they do in baseball yeah oh, they have a mound you stood on the goal mound yeah the goal I, mount what you said mount the goal <laughs> mount jordan so, come on either way <laughs> it's just i don't think that's i was a phrase. curious i got lost in the beginning of the story because you said they'd throw rats and i'm thinking who are these people sitting there with dead rats in their they lap rubber for they, a were, they were rubber rats well like detroit the red wings actually throw like an actual octopus on the ice but in florida they were throwing rubber rats well well, well speaking of uh of baseball mounds and sweeps uh the oakland athletics my team faced Robbie's team, the San Francisco Giants, in a World Series one time and swept them. It's, it's totally unrelated, but I thought it, I'd it throw is. it out there. <laughs> like 30 years ago. Um, and we've won three World Series since. How many did you guys win since then? We swept you. That's, all, I, that's all that really matters. Is it, is it none or one? I think we it's sw- none because you swept. lost to the Dodgers in 90, and that was the last time you went. Yeah. All right. Ooh, so man. the letter Y. Hey, I wasn't going to let that happen. Look the shade. Randy, you I, I, just got served. I defend my boy. <laughs> Are we smoking uh, underground shades? Because there's a lot of shade been thrown. Shade. Oh, that was nice. Well done. Uh, uh, so I'm relighting here. But the okay, so I'll give you some of the breakdown on this. So the cigar has been around since 2016. It was a shop exclusive. Um, that is, uh, I believe, no longer a Drew Estate lounge. So it this uh, has become. It's also it's now a lounge exclusive for any Drew Estate lounge throughout the country. Now, it's tied into events, so if you're having an event, I believe the, uh, that particular lounge is allowed to buy X amount of boxes. So this cigar is going to be really, really hard to find. It was hard to find to begin with, and now it's, it's going to be more available but equally difficult to find. Uh, it sports a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. It's got a Brazilian binder, fa- uh, fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. <clears throat> in the stunning turn of events, it comes out of La Grande Fabrica, Drew Estate in Nicaragua. And uh, it's a five and a half by 46 Corona Gorda. MSRP is about 16 bucks. So a little on the pricey side, but those Unicos um, are always kind of in that price range. And they, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to deliver in that price range as far as I'm concerned. It reminds me a bit of the original Dirty Rat, but kind of like a beefier version. Like it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit uh, a larger of a ring gauge and a little bit longer of a smoke. Um, for me, I had a long. What was the smoke time I had on this thing? And it's going to be slower while I'm doing the show because I talk a lot. But yeah, like I got almost, almost two hours, an hour and forty five minutes out of the cigar, for uh, that size of Rob is. What is this? This way, Rob is sitting makes Randy Greggs look like a midget, <laughs> little person. Midget's not an acceptable term, I believe. <laughs> um, we're, we're trying. We're trying to. We're, we're all inclusive here on a cigar dojo but um anyway it's it's uh it smokes a long time it's a beautiful cigar we'll get into some of the uh some of the flavor nuance and everything as we go uh randy tell us a little bit stop reading the comments on the screen and tell <laughs> us a little bit about uh this particular beer that we're sipping on today oh 
I almost forgot we were drinking a beer on this episode. Um, we have here a says the uh, beer. <laughs> we have here a classic English staple. Um, Young's Brewery was founded in 1831. Their double chocolate stout, while it isn't their um, uh, most high volume seller from the brewery, I would say it's probably the most readily available here in the states. Um, it has a bit of a cult following of its own. And uh, so Young's Brewery, if we're going to get into it here, Young's Brewery uh, began in 1831 uh, when they bought Ram Brewery. And so you'll see the logo actually has the Ram on it. And in a lot of the old marketing stuff, there was uh, references to the Ram Brewery. Um, but Young's is a, uh, ch- it's a brewery chain in our brew pub tr- chain there in England. There's 220 locations, but in 2006, they actually um, closed the Ram Brewery, which at the time was um, the longest running open brewery in all of England uh, back from the 1500s. So it was a real, real piece of uh, brewing history that closed there in 2006 when the Young's family went into a merger with uh, another group called Wells Brewing. And um, since 2011, uh, Wells Brewing has taken full ownership of the Young's brand, um, but the the Ram logo still remains. But the beer itself is 5.2% alcohol. It is a nitrogenated double chocolate stout uh, with a widget in the can. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about uh, nitrogenation and uh, and what a nitro beer is, what what gives that uh, that distinct characteristic look and and texture in the mouthfeel. Um, but this one is known for being uh, extremely chocolatey. They use both chocolate roasted malts um, as well as additional chocolate flavors, which I can only presume uh, is a reference to cocoa nibs. Uh, and or actual chocolate that is added to the beer. Uh, so it is very, very chocolatey. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm excited about pairing it here with the Year of the Rat. Are you going to go deeper than that for now? <laughs> it was funny. Like, I could see, I could hear the wheels turning in your head. Like, how far should I go? Because I have a lot of knowledge <laughs> on this beer, but I don't want to take the next 20 minutes of the show right. to right. drop all of it. It confuse people. So no, that's that's a good start. This is a beer that I've had, Randy. I've had this a ton, um, in moderation, of course, uh, over the years. It is. I've always kind of the way I've described it is it's kind of like a Guinness, but it's sweet. And I don't know. I mean, it's not really the same style technically because they call it a milk stout, and I don't know if it's. I mean, I guess it is a milk stout because it's using lactose. I would assume. Right. So and uh, and Guinness doesn't use any of that. So Guinness is much more dry. But mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the mouthfeel on them is very similar. Obviously, they're both uh, <laughs> Brian. I think Brian should win. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Brian pays attention to this show. And he totally win. Hey Brian, Ray, 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 vote, Randy, if you don't uh, win. I'm still sending you something. Randy, just clarification, real quick. Did you say you had a widget in your can? Oh, yes, that's yes, uh, yes, right. Hey! I do. I do. Oh. Hey, oh. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, by the way, yeah, hey, yeah. guys, uh, just so you know, I, I couldn't get Young's for some reason. I know it's highly available, but so me and Jordan went with uh, 
Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout, which is, I don't, I'm not going to say similar, but at least it's from the same country, right? <laughs> and so yeah, it's dark English it, stout. And it's yes. a stout, so that's what, we, that's what we're going with. But we, we are smoking the uh, proper cigar. But this will be a good comparison. Me and Jordan will be able to tell you how, it, uh, how this particular pairing fares as well. Uh, yeah, on that note, everybody, if you, I mean, a lot of you probably couldn't get your hands on the cigar. So tell us what you're pairing. Uh, pop a comment in there. That will also enter you in to win um, one of these prize packs. And we'll get to talk about what your pairing is as well. And uh, Eric, that's a little bit uh, prophetic because in the in-between seasons, and I don't want to give too much away, in the wild card episodes, I think we're going to be featuring a Samuel Smith beer. Are we not? Ooh. We are. We are. Not that particular yeah. one, but we will be featuring one. But I'm a big, big fan of that beer. That is it used to one. be my favorite beer in the world. Like, when I first started getting into, like, better beer, I thought this was, like, they could, they could not be beat. Like, this was the ultimate beer. Now Nowadays, it's changed a bit for me, but it's still really, really good. Yeah, there's a lot of beers out there, and I think you could say the same thing about cigars when – um, you know, as the market expands and there's there's newer offerings, local stuff, that kind of thing in beer anyway, um, you, you tend to forget that sometimes there's some staples out there that are still very good, uh, yeah. very good beers. And that's, I think, those Samuel Smiths, even Young's probably falls into the same category. It's a good beer. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's not the cutting edge local thing, but uh, it's still uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, well, you know, is, 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 well, something about that real quick, you know, I, when I started drinking uh, craft beer, uh, imports were the main source that uh, a new craft beer drinker could go to find a beer, especially if you didn't have a little local brew pub nearby. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Samuel Smith's, the Nut Brown, the Oatmeal Stout were my absolute favorite beers for years. Um, drank a lot of the Belgians back then, and as the... Uh, Oh, that's cruel, Chad. Uh, as Chad should uh, win, too. <laughs> as the craft beer scene in America became as prominent as it is today, uh, a lot of the imports um, kind of gave up their share of, of that uh, of that kind of attention they were getting from those same beer drinkers, uh, more for American styles. And you could say the same thing about cigars, too. I mean, there's uh, some brands that I've been revisiting lately uh, Perdomo, for example, is one that I just kind of got away from because uh, I felt like they just had so many different cigars. And uh, I've said this before, I kind of gave them like the Rocky Patel treatment where I just like there's so many different things where I just kind of just don't do it. I just don't try to figure out what's what they have to offer. I just move on to something else uh, to the new hot thing, but then go back and realize that some of those cigars are still really good. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff out there that uh, if you can't get the newest, latest, and greatest, that doesn't mean you can't find good product. That's, I guess, is the is the moral of the story there. Yeah, no, you do see the same thing in cigars as as beers. There's oh. such great ones out there. We all start going for searching for the new um, when the best cigars available kind of sometimes in some instances were already available before all the new stuff started uh, distracting you from it. So uh, I'm a big fan of flagships. So, uh, Randy, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's you ready? do it. Uh, you have not read my review. You've made that abundantly clear uh, <laughs> on the show, both through personal texts. Um, I would like to know the flavors that you're experiencing as you're uh, relighting your cigar there. You've smoked enough of it to uh, chime in with with, uh, guy. with, uh, with some of the flavors that you're picking out. What are you, what are you tasting in there? There's no wrong answers. 
No, absolutely not. So to me, this comes across as uh, earthy, spicy, has a great chocolate note to it, um, has a very nice black pepper uh, character right up front on the palate and in the retro. Um, full flavor, full body, um, you know, very typical of Drew Estate cigars. The, the smoke output is abundant. Um, it is a very satisfying and uh, full intensity and full flavored cigar it's excellent <laughs> it's you know it really does hit on all the aspects that you expect out of uh, <clears throat> a liga provada unico series right sure. there's there's certain things yeah i was actually going to ask the same question randy what is on your shirt uh that would be a, a mot mot uh more uh, universally known as the guarda barranca bird which is the national bird of nicaragua it's and the being one that on, uh, the the Norteño, right? It is the same bird that's on the Norteño. <laughs> Thank you for that, Eric. And so um, as I didn't have a Drew Estate shirt and I wanted to represent the fine, fine people at Drew Estate and their heritage and roots there in Nicaragua, uh, I thought that this would be an appropriate uh, way to support uh, the Drew Estate brand by going with the Guarda Barrancas, which actually translates to um, basically the guardian of the valley. Yeah. I think that's what that's yeah that's that's uh you know what Randy I don't have any Drew Estate T-shirts either. Isn't that weird? Yeah, we should talk to the boss about that. So weird. <laughs> it's just crazy that that happened. Anyway, I, I uh, do no. like that that you brought uh, your La Colación hat, which is a, a Drew Estate hat. So it at is. least it for is. once you. you're kind thank of on brand on our thank, show. Thank you to the fine folks at Crown Heads for hooking me up with this <laughs> uh, with this hat for me to uh, to sport during the show. Uh, oh jack um <laughs> oh you know what popped up in my in my feed on facebook and we'll get back to the pairing here in a second i promise uh the the revisit of the the jack and his doing his research that video popped up uh that was a year ago within the last couple of days i was gonna share it we gotta uh, talk about your dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's i'm telling you oh man if you would have asked me that like Seriously, like two weeks earlier, I just would have broke down sobbing. It just would have been uh, – I think about that dog every day. Charlie was just the best. But anyway, if you've ever had a boxer or if you're ever considering getting a boxer, oh, get them. They're just – they are the best. Can you tell the story just real real brief? For Okay, so so I'm I'm coming on – I was on Smoke Night Live actually as a guest. Um, this Was this for Rocky Mountain? Was I out there for Rocky Mountain? Yes, I think so. I think it must have been Rocky Mountain, yeah. Um, or I was out, maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. I'm not sure. But, um, I was in studio as a guest and this was when, uh, Eric and Jack were hosting the show and I was working with Mombacho Cigars and, uh, we're there and, and, <laughs> and I've got Eric to my left and, uh, I keep wanting to say Jordan, Eric to my left and Jack to my right. And Jack is the, he's, you know, he's the funny guy of the show. He's the, uh, he's, he's the funny guy. And he says, well, you know, I pride – this is like verbatim. It's, it's burned into my memory. I pride myself on my research, and Rob, we've got to talk about your dog. And, <laughs> and like, if you watch the video, like I do this, it's like, like – I just kind of look down. <laughs> and it's like, you've got this boxer. He is adorable. Like I just – he's all over your Instagram feed. And like we just got to talk about this dog. He's freaking beautiful. And I was like, oh, well – you know, unfortunately, we actually had to put Charlie down about six months ago, <laughs> and Jack was just, 
oh, like the reaction. Eric's reaction is the best. Yeah, Eric's yeah. just over here smoking a cigar. Like he's barely on screen. And then when I say that, he just, what? <laughs> Has that turn and looks at Jack. It's just, it's, it is, it's that, it's a timeless piece of uh, cigar dojo history, in my opinion. And it's uh, worth I'm, looking up. I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm thrilled that I'm now part of the team and we can just constantly have something to make fun of Jack about. That's always good. Always good. I love Jack. Jack's great. I give him a hard time, but, uh, but uh, he kind of earns it. But anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get back to the, uh, to the cigar. So, Randy, you were on point, really, for a lot of these flavors. There was a, a few different things. There's, and I've experienced this. I've smoked, this is, I think, my fourth, uh, my fourth uh, one of these. And when I get into kind of like the end of the first quarter going into the second quarter, there is this like smoky, salty kind of barbecue, almost like a barbecue sauce thing that happens. And it doesn't happen for a long time, but it's happened every single time. And I don't know what, I don't know, there's, there's no uh, fire-cured tobacco in here, but it has that kind of vibe to it where it's just a nice breakup and then it just smooths out into just a ton of chocolate, chocolate chips. There's molasses notes in there. And I get kind of an almond uh, thing towards the end, a little bit more of a sweetness. I haven't quite gotten there yet in the cigar that I'm smoking. But uh, this one for me, it rated out very highly because this is just a fantastic cigar. And I've been a big fan of <clears throat> the Unico series for a while. The L40 has always been my favorite. And uh, I think I mentioned that on one episode. And the next time I went to Randy's house, he hands me five L40s. Like, that's the kind of guy that Randy is. I give him a lot of crap, too. But uh, he's, he is the, the kind of guy that will do that. Whether he had those cigars or went out and bought them specifically for me, I don't know. And it doesn't matter. He, was, he had those on hand because he knew that I liked them. That's, uh, that's a classy thing. But I think this Year of the Rat might be my favorite Unico now. If not, it's right, right up there. Yeah, Josh, I'll tell you, the, um, we have a question here that uh, asking how, did, how would you differentiate uh, Year of the Rat from the Velvet Rat? And I'll jump in because Velvet Rat, I've gone on record and saying that's my favorite Unico. Um, no, that one or the UF-13. Those are my two go-to. I smoke those with pretty oh, good. You keep yeah. saying different names like, oh, yeah, that one's really good. And, oh, yeah, that one's really good. But anyway, well, go those, are, those are the two that I go to the, the most. Uh, this one to me over the Velvet Rat comes off as a little bit sweeter, a little bit spicier. Um, it's, it's almost just a, a little bit of a punchier version because they're both – um, I think uh, I heard you say the dimensions of this. I want to say this is a slightly shorter and slightly fatter. They're both Coronas, more or less. Um, so five and a half by 46. Yeah, but I don't know the uh, velvet round off the top of my head. Corona yeah. Um, hell, they might. Yeah, I still think this is shorter and fatter. But uh, but yeah, I to me, this is a little bit beefier, a little bit more flavor forward version uh, of the velvet rat. Um I don't recall if the Velvet Rat has that Brazilian tobacco. I'm a sucker for Brazilian tobacco. I love that spicy, sweet character that you get um, when, when, and obviously the Drew Estate folks have used uh, the combination of broadleaf and, and Brazilian uh, quite a bit through this whole series. And, and it always comes off. Oh, I'm pretty sure all they all use that same combination of tobaccos, they just do. different primings. Mm. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that, Jordan. A different amount. We should always just check with Jordan now that we have him here. Yeah. Because that man, like Randy's encyclopedia of beer knowledge. Jordan <laughs> is the encyclopedia of cigar knowledge. Mm. Eric and I, we're just along for the ride. <laughs> we're just here for our <laughs> strikingly good looks. 
I was gonna say right. you, you guys, you guys are the, uh, the face of the whole thing, right? Yeah. So if Eric, if Eric and I tried to do a show together, we'd have nothing to tell you guys. But God, we would look good, dude. I mean, <laughs> you know. Oh man, that was funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, this one to me is it's it's way up there, um, just in the cigars that I've smoked over the last, I mean, five or six years. It's just up there, and I I just remember smoking it at the TPE show when we sat down with uh, Joe Grow and he handed us each one and I was stunned to even see them and fired it up. And it was like the third cigar that I smoked that day. And two puffs in, I looked over to Jordan. I was like, damn. And if you can say that about the third cigar that you've smoked, you know, there's something special happening. So I could smoke these. And I think I put in there, like it's a box buy if you ever have a chance to do it. Um, it's the kind of cigar that whenever I see it, I'll get it. If you've got five, I'll take five. Did you say this already? There's only going to be like four boxes per event across the country. Yeah, I, I didn't get specific with the event, but it is with with each event. It can only be X amount of boxes. Um, and with events on hold right now, it's kind of tough as far as when it's actually going to be released. Initially, it was set for April. But I mean, given the way that things are, that's probably not going to happen. So um, I, I reached out to the folks over at Drew Estate just to get a kind of an update. And they just like they don't really know either. It's kind of spring is what we're hoping for so um but there who knows maybe some things will change and there's uh, uh maybe the the idea of what an event really is changes and who knows um so that could be something to just keep an eye out for well, but as soon as you see these cigars you're going to want to pounce on them. can i throw out there real quick and i don't know how uh available they'll be in this but um i did see a posting recently and I had to hit up the boss, Jack Hire, and uh, and ask him because my understanding of the Unico series is that, with the exception of the off um, production of uh, Flying Pigs for uh, various cigars, that the Unicos uh, typically are one Vitola and one Vitola only. And so I saw this picture on social media of a Year of the Rat box with eight cigars. Three different Vitolas, two of one, two of another, and then four, I believe, of the actual standard. And those can be found and are for sale at present. I have two boxes on the way myself. Um, and one so uh, I have two boxes on the way for myself. <laughs> and so uh, so they, they have gotten out there, and who knows, like you said, with uh, all the events being canceled as they have, uh, at least for the – uh, better part of the first half of the year. Um, who knows what uh, the folks at Drew Estate will uh, do with the production of these? But um, yeah, it's it's an excellent darn cigar. Yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm pretty of, excited. It's the kind of thing that you may have to uh, may, they may have to pivot, and uh, they're the type of company that if uh, a change needs to be made, they'll make it. So we'll uh, yeah. just keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on their social media feeds. I've heard they're run by uh, somebody who really does their research. So we'll. Um, We'll know if uh, if that's coming or not. Um, <laughs> Randy, let's. I know we've got some more info on this beer. Yes. And again, just before we get into the beer, just a reminder: we do have some giveaways tonight, guys and gals. So be sure to uh, comment on the show, uh, click that little share button, and let folks know that uh, they can check in to the show and watch with us as well. Um, and please tell us what you're pairing, because I, I know with uh, limited availability of these cigars and limited availability of movement at this point uh you're probably having to make do with whatever you got so i'm curious what you guys are pairing with so 
uh, Eric and Jordan, if you get any of those pairings um, from folks in the audience, chime in with them so we can comment on those as well. But Randy, go ahead and tell us more about this, uh, the widget in your can. <laughs> um, happily. So uh, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things, uh, anyone that's watched the show or has heard me speak ever, you know, you know I've devoted my entire adult life and career to the craft beer industry. And so I've, I've answered a lot of questions. I've worked at homebrew shops and I've done uh, speaking at national events. And so I, I end up being in a position where people ask me a lot of questions about beer. And nitrogenated beer is one of the ones that's uh, kind of a, a hot button for me as there's so much um, misunderstanding of what you're experiencing when you when you taste a nitrogenated beverage. And so um, I, I typically start a beer education class by saying beer as we know it today is a malt-based carbonated fermented beverage. Uh, the carbonated part is where this one takes a left at Albuquerque. Uh, and... Uh, so instead of so to say something's carbonated, whether you're talking about soda, beer, or anything that has a fizz to it, um, it literally has carbon dioxide gas forced into it at a pressure and at a temperature that the gas becomes soluble in solution. That gas is literally trapped in the liquid. Uh, carbon dioxide is quite soluble in water-based beverages. Nitrogen is about one tenth as soluble, nearly insoluble insoluble i guess uh in liquid and so when you're drinking a nitrogenated beverage you don't have that fizz you have no bubbles whatsoever and so ultimately you're drinking a flat beer um, and what distracts your palate from noticing that it's flat is that by nitrogenizing it and forcing all the nitrogen gas through the beer instead of carbon dioxide it actually changes the texture of the beer quite a bit. It makes it very creamy. Uh, it gives a much softer mouthfeel. And um, and it also leads to a very dense, thick foam head. But when you're dealing with beers uh, that are this dark and chocolatey, people immediately think of a full and a big beer. They get the sense that it's it's very full and mouthfeeling filling due to the texture and the chocolatey character. Uh, just like Guinness, and I, we've talked about this on the show, Guinness literally is thinner than water as far as overall um, mouthfeel and body on your palate. It's very, very watery in, in texture. And anyone you ever ask that is a layman that's drinking a Guinness will tell you, oh, it's so full and it's so big. Um, and what they're really referencing is the flavors more than the mouthfeel. Um, and so this beer kind of falls in that same uh, model as a 5.2% 5 5 alcohol beer that is being drank virtually flat. It's very creamy. It has that uh, nitrogenated uh, mouthfeel to it. But the body of the beer, you know, we talk about viscous beers a lot on this show. Um, this is not viscous. This is very, very thin in body. And... Um, and so that creaminess kind of makes up some of the void of that mouthfeel. Uh, so the widget in the can uh, isn't used by all breweries that can nitrogenated beverages, but it is very common. A widget is literally just a clear uh, nickel-sized ball that has a little pinhole in it. And these beers are pasteurized after they're canned. So they're heated to 170 degrees to kill off any microflora that's living in it. And when the heat comes in, it 
creates more pressure in the can, which fills that widget. So when you crack open a nitrogenated beer and the pressure changes and decreases, the beer starts shooting out of that little ball called a widget. And that creates turbulence and continues to knock the nitrogen out of solution, which is why you get that beautiful cascading um, bubble effect. Oh, so there's not nitrogen in the widget? That's correct. That's what there's I no think most people would think. At least that's, yeah, what, I, that's what I always thought. I always thought that too, actually. For many years, I thought that. It's really just uh, an empty ball that um, that takes on the liquid, and as it's coming out, it just it just stirs it up better and, and gives that cascading effect. So anytime you're drinking any wow. nitrogenated beverage, you want to crack it open and pour it as quickly as possible if you really want to see that full uh, effect and the way the pressure works. A lot of times you'll get the illusion of the bubbles going down. Uh, what's actually happening is you've created a little um, uh, vortex where they're going into the middle and kind of circulating like this. So um, I made a little hand gesture like a convection fan for all those on uh, on podcast. <laughs> that's what that was. Okay. <laughs> so um, so that's what that's what a nitrogenated beverage is and uh, and what a widget is. And so this beer, uh, we'll just jump right into it. Has um, uh, chocolate additions as well as chocolate malt as well as uh as well as caramel malt so you do get some complexity of some caramel sweetness along with a lot of chocolate um there's a it's a very chocolatey beer but overall i would say the mouthfeel is really quite thin and um and at 5.2 percent obviously it's a it's a low abv and, and fairly thin body beer it's it's one of those beers randy thank you for that uh uh, descriptive uh, description. <laughs> uh, oh, Tanner is also a winner. Tanner wins too. I'm, you know what? Write all these down. I'm send, If you guys don't win, I'll send you stuff because these are great comments. Tanner asks adjuncts? Question mark. What about the <laughs> difference with widget and non-widget nitro beers? I guess that's just one stirring it up, right? That's that's correct. So if you don't use the widget, it's still nitrogenated. Depending on how you pour it into your glass, you have to pour it uh, vigorously. That's exactly pour correct. hard. Uh, the other the other terminology is is trademarked. <laughs> pour hard. Pour hard. The left hand nitro milk stout. Yeah, you have to, uh, and that's that is so you basically with that that style, Randy. Correct me if I'm wrong. During the canning process, <clears throat> so there's there's a CO2 shot into the cans to get all the oxygen out, and then I believe once the beer is put in, there is a there's a uh, like a puff of, uh, of of nitro that's shot in there. That, that's the technical term. Yes, it's a puff. How do you spell that? Uh, I think there's a there's an umlaut and a side <laughs> w. Uh, Perfect. Perfect. That's got to be. So okay. So we've kind of we've talked about the beer. We've talked about. And this is a beer, and it's funny when you say that, Randy, about how people talk about Guinness is oh, it's so heavy, and so it's not. It's just dark, and I think that right. that really goes across to cigars too, because you can have a cigar with a Maduro wrapper that's not super strong, and everybody's oh, it's so strong, it's that Maduro wrapper. Not necessarily. I mean, it's just you're confusing flavor and strength. It happens everywhere. It happens in beer. It happens in cigars. Strength and flavor. There's strength of flavor. But strength and flavor are two totally different things. You can have you can have a super high ABV beer that might not have 
as much flavor as this 5.2% ABV beer, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's you, you, that the strength and flavor are just not the same thing. It's just not. Yeah, mouthfeel and flavor are also not. That's Actually, correct. in 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 beer, there's a there's a saying. So we we talked about uh, and we had a question on here earlier. I wanted to get back to is uh, when we're gonna announce the in between season shows, uh, which now that we're at the letter Y, we're coming up on. Um, I'd love to share with the audience that um, and Eric and Jordan, uh, Rob and I have actually <laughs> gone through and we've um, we've set up the pairings for the in between the seasons. There's going to be some really fun stuff we're excited about doing. And I, I we, there's some fine tuning we still have to do the order in which we do them. Uh, but by next week, when we do the letter Z, we will be announcing the um, the following six shows at least, which we um, have forecasted to be the in between the season uh, episodes that uh, we hope you can all tune in for and check out because, like I said, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. We're going to break free of the whole alphabet limitation of how we do our pairings. Um, it's yeah, it's going to be it's uh, Randy. They're the wild card episodes. Get on brand. Um, so we will have uh, some wild card episodes coming up. Uh, we've got. I'll, I'll let a little bit of the, a few of the cats out of the bag here. We've got three episodes that are some like one way or another, a revisit to season one um, where we're revisiting either a cigar or a beer or both. And we've got a couple of challenge episodes where uh, Randy is going to challenge me to pair a cigar with his a particular beer. And I'm going to challenge Randy to pair a beer with a particular cigar. And then that last, there's one last episode that I'm super excited about, and I'm not going to tell anybody any detail. Oh <laughs> but that's the, once we get that one squared away, that's going to be the first because you'll have a shopping list and everything. It's going to be very interesting. So uh, we're we'll we'll let the, that final cat, that puma, there's out a lot of, the of bag. cats in that bag. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of cats. Absolutely. Jeez. Um, the regular so Tiger be, King over that's, here. That's going to be a lot of fun when we uh, announce that, and then we'll we'll go right into season two and. And season two is going to be um, we're going to go back through the alphabet and 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 go through some of the episodes or, or some uh, different pairings, because with a lot of episodes, there were pairings that we wanted to do and couldn't. So we're going to revisit some of those. Um, the one thing I'll guarantee you is X we will probably do an Opus X again, because I don't think there's any other cigars to start with X. I'll find but, one. Yeah, but beyond I'll... that, uh, everything's going to be different. It'll be different cigars, different beers. And uh, you'll also you should probably also get prepared to um, we're going to have to go a little bit more regional with some of the beers, but we'll do the best we can to uh, point you in direction of a particular style that is maybe available in your area and maybe do even go even further and do some research to say, hey, this particular brewery in Wyoming, Patrick. Uh, makes this particular style of beer, so uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we've got the next uh, however many thirty two episodes planned out, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's uh, focus back on episode Y, Randy, yes. and um, and talk about this pairing. So as we were going through things at the beginning of the show, I I sent you a text, and I'm kind of backing off of what I said on that text. I think that uh, I'm going to jump in and say. I'm going to do this out of order. <clears throat> I think the flavor hook is definitely the chocolate, and that's an easy call, right? There's, a, there's, it's a chocolate stout, and this is a chocolate forward cigar. There's a lot of milk chocolate on both sides. How do you feel about the uh, the flavor components and the intensity on this? Uh, 
you you nailed it. I mean, the flavor hook is is pretty obvious. It's a they're both um, laced with chocolate uh, from start to finish, and um, and unfortunately, what I would say is uh, as as you put me on the spot and made me describe the cigar, uh, it is very full flavored. It is very full intensity uh, in body and flavor. But I think when we get to the end and decide whether we like this pairing or not, I think we might be on opposite ends. Um, I do think that the intensity is a bit of a miss, uh, and we're just going to go right into it. But I think that the flavor hook is so good that it makes up for the fact that the intensity isn't quite there. And this beer, having smoked uh, a few of these cigars, I'm enjoying the cigar a little bit more with this beer. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a thumbs up on the pairing, Randy. I initially wasn't thinking that I was going to go thumbs up, but to me, the the intensity of the fl- oh, I shouldn't use that word the the flavor hook is so strong that the intensity being a miss isn't that big of a deal for me. That's that's a totally fair you know and to your point. There is no wrong answer. Flavor is so subjective. Um, I would go ahead and agree with your um, your statement that the flavor hook is very very strong that the cigar is um brought up by the beer uh, i think it, it lends to a little bit more chocolatey you probably pick up more chocolate in the cigar as a result of the pairing but the cigar is doing nothing to bring the beer uh to a, a more uh exciting place on the palate so i'm going to go with a thumbs down nice. um as as i've said before you know intensity is the is the foundation of all good pairings and so to me you just can't you can't have uh, a great flavor hook and a, this big of a miss on intensity and have it um, get a thumbs up from from yours truly so uh the uh, oh, patrick's chiming in with his thumbs up as well i you know i and randy it, it's i i don't think i think we're kind of we probably agree but to me i've had enough of this beer to know that i'm not really missing out on much from a flavor standpoint, I don't think it's getting, I mean, the beer in and of itself is getting run over, but I've experienced it enough on its own to know that there's not much that I'm missing out on, if anything, in, in this, um, in this pairing. But with this cigar, I think you really, you're elevating that, uh, you're shaking your widget. Um, <laughs> as I, I'm wearing the posture collar. Well, I, it's funny because like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make my size and Randy's size the same. So like, but I can only get so far away from the computer because my, my, uh, um, the cord for my headphones. Um, anyway, so, I mean, to me, I think that this, the cigar is elevated enough and the beer isn't, while it is getting run over, I'm not losing anything. I just, to me, I feel like it is a pairing where sure the cigar or the beer is lifting the cigar up, but I don't think the cigar is really getting, or the beer is really getting, uh, losing anything. So, I mean, to me, it's, 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 this is exactly what I wanted out of this pairing because this cigar is a star and I, I wanted to lift it up a little bit. I didn't think it could actually get any better than no. it did, but this is, I don't know. It works. It works really well for me. Well, before we move on to, I'd love to find out from Eric and Jordan, how they're doing on their pairing. But before uh, we do that, let me just um, reference that, the intensity for me, the reason why it's a miss, since you had to double down on why you thought you were right <laughs> and I was wrong, um, I'll reiterate. The, the, it's, it's kind of a shock on the palate. You get this full 
mouthfeel. You get the the big smoke character. You get that nice spice, and then you go to the beer, and it's just such a drop off. It's it's uh it's not comfortable on the palate. It literally is like this big variance that you feel. Um, and so to me, it's a distraction from from the flavor hook, even though the flavors are uh very very good. Um. And we'll, we'll get to your question there in a second, Josh. Uh, Eric and Jordan, why don't you share with us how this cigar is pairing with Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout? Well, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that, first of all, the cigar is in its, in its uh, prime right here. It seems like, to me, it got better like halfway through. And it was good to start with, but right now, super tasty because it's getting some nice sweetness in there. And so that's sort of helping this pairing for me. So at this point, I, I initially I wasn't too sure about the pairing, but kind of right now I'd say I'd give it a thumbs up because it just it kind of came together maybe say halfway through. Yeah, I I kind of agree. Like at first, I don't know if it was if the cigar got better or I just got used to the pairing, but at first the the beer was kind of running over the cigar. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. and uh, but now at this point, I think the the uh, there's a maltiness that might be the flavor hook between these two. As opposed to chocolate with you guys is, uh, and it's actually pretty good. I think I, at this point I would go with a thumbs up for the Sam Smith's oatmeal stout. Well, the the viscosity on that beer is much higher. Right. Yeah. So you're you're definitely getting a a, a much uh, more intense um, flavor from that beer. So I can understand why you'd say that the the beer would be maybe running it over because this cigar, while it's it's full flavored, it's still pretty nuanced because there's it's right. full flavored. There's a and there's it's full strength. I mean, it's full everything. It's full, full, full. It's it's in the red and all. However you want to judge it, but there's still a lot of nuance and a lot of balance that if you throw that out of whack, it could get weird. So I could see how that could uh, how that could tweak the pairing. Uh, well, I appreciate your feedback, Kevin A. Cuff. Um, I disagree. Uh, I believe that uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a great point. Kevin A. Cuff said that. Uh, that if we both agree that the beer is uh, bringing up the experience with the cigar, that I should be giving it a thumbs up. Um, my disagreement comes in that we've done enough of these shows and I've had enough great uh, pairing experiences here that uh, we've had that resonance where, where they both are, are playing off of each other and both, you know, the, what is it? The sum is greater than the parts that, is what I'm looking for in a pairing is that both are more enjoyable than they would have been by themselves. Uh, for one to be better than it would have been by itself isn't enough to call it a thumbs up from me. Yeah, That's Randy, I think I, you're right. Like for me, when I'm just normally just smoking and and drinking on my own, I'm more on Kevin's side. Where as long as the cigar is highlighted, I'm good. But like on this show, I think where it's more of like we hold things to a higher standard. It has it's all about the pairing. And they should both complement each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want uh, everybody in the audience to keep those comments coming because we have Randy backpedaling. And I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I think it's great. I will do nothing of the sort. Um, you missed uh, one from have... earlier, Randy, about the um, uh, uh, if you're getting a nitro on tap. The draft lines. Oh, I was going to come back to that. Oh, okay. Don't you worry. Uh, we also oh, I was had actually a... going to ask that question. I didn't see it pop up on the screen. Yeah, it uh, – I'm afraid I might get a little bit nerdy, so I wanted to save it towards the end a little bit. But uh, we we also had a question of if um, if this would go well with an IPA. Um, 
again, we've talked about it. We've only done out of 26 shows so far, we've only done one IPA and, uh, and, and, crowd. <laughs> and we, we, we've stated why it's difficult. The, the bitterness of an IPA is often going to be in, um, in conflict with a lot of the, the sweeter characteristics that you get from premium tobacco. And so I can't off the top of my head think of an IPA that I would uh, recommend as a, as a go-to with this. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a time in craft beer where black IPAs was, say, yeah. was, uh, was a thing. Uh, there's definitely some that I can think of that used to exist that I would love to uh, see how, how well they pair with this. Um, but a standard West Coast or Hazy or East Coast IPA, I, I, I think you'd be struggling to find um, – You'd be tr uh, struggling to find a good pairing. As far as nitrogen beers on draft, uh, so it. See if I can try and make this as simple as I can. So often, if you're so in, what, a, was, what was the question before you jump in? Sorry, Jordan, do you still have it queued? Are we talking about the nitro, uh, the untap? Yeah, that's a ways back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's. So my question was going to be, is. is um, <clears throat> Are the beers kind of treated the same if they're going into a, nit a nitro can with this or if they're going onto a nitro tap? Uh, I don't know if that's the I same that, type That's of about the gist or how yeah, they yeah, do yeah. it. Clo close enough. Um, so, so let me start by saying if you're ever in a bar and you end up in the back room and you see a blender box or a nitrogen tank, uh, that doesn't necessarily – um, of course, Chris, we'll get back to that. Um, uh, that doesn't necessarily in, in, uh, infer that there's nitrogen beers on tap at that bar. Uh, for a long draw system, anything over 50 feet, uh, you have to push beer with air, right? With clean, purified air. So typically that's going to be CO2. The problem is there's a certain amount of CO2 that's in the beer already that is part of the recipe. A brewer literally determines what level of carbonation he wants that beer to be because the um, the gas rising through it is going to affect the aroma. It's going to affect the mouthfeel, which is going to emphasize or de-emphasize certain flavor characteristics in the rest of the recipe. So the 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 volume CO2 found in a beer is a very very important thing for a brewer. In order to push beer a certain amount of distance, you have to turn it up. If you ever have to turn your CO2 up past 14 PSI, you're now introducing more CO2 into the liquid than it was originally designed to have. So you'll overcarbonate the beer and you'll either just slightly tweak the flavor or end up with a pouring problem where it's just gushing out and, and you've got two thirds of a glass full of foam and just a little bit of beer on the bottom. Um, so what bars that have their refrigerators in the back of the building and they have to push the, the beer through the line all the way to the front taps, they have to also introduce nitrogen in order to have the correct amount of pressure pushing the beer through the line without overcarbonating it. So nitrogen is found in any long draw system that, that you find. Um, and that may have absolutely nothing to do with the, the gas regimen on, the, on any individual tap. So if you have an actual nitro beer on tap, you do have to have a, a different setup. You have to have um, what the industry just learned to call G-gas or Guinness gas, which is 75% uh, carbon dioxide. Uh, sorry, 75% nitrogen, 25% carbon dioxide. 
and that is the right gas to push a nitro beer. Uh, so you have to have a different gas setup than the rest of your uh, carbonated beers, uh, first of all. So it is equipment in the back end, and then the faucet itself is going to be different. So the whole idea behind nitrogen beer is it's supposed to emulate uh, real ale or cask ale. Back in the day before uh, CO2 was readily available, that you can just order up a tank of it. Uh, they would use casks, which is a unpressurized. It. Yeah, it's an unpressurized keg or cask, um, typically a firkin or a pin are the sizes that are most common. And uh, and they use what's called a beer engine. And you'll see that if you go into a bar that like focuses on English beer specifically, and they literally will pump that thing, and it'll have a big swan neck faucet that you push down into the bottom of the glass. And it has what's called a sparkler or a diffusion plate in it, which at the very tip of the faucet is just a little plate with holes in it that, again, acts kind of like that widget where it's just knocking the, CO, uh, the nitrogen out of solution to cause the cascading visual effect. And so you have to have that. Um, that's for a cask. If you're going for a nitro beer, you still have to have a nitrogen faucet, which creates extra back pressure to keep the nitrogen level proper and it also has that sparkler diffusion plate uh, to create uh, all this uh, turbulence that creates that uh, that cascading beautiful effect randy uh, i wasn't listening can you say that all again <laughs> <laughs> so with nitrogen on draft. <laughs> oh you know what since i've said the word draft multiple times can i just say if you ever see d-r-a-u-g-h-t written don't say drought don't say draw it's just draft it's how the English spell the word draft. We act like draft. we should all know that. Like, well, <laughs> I learned that on Flavor Odyssey earlier this season. Un unless you're with Randy, then call it drought. And, <laughs> and, just, and just sit back and watch the explosion. Um, there was a comment, and uh, Randy, that was, that's, that's awesome. Like, nitro beers are, are so unique, and they tend to, for the most part, at least in my experience, they tend to be in, in the American market anyway, on the sweeter side, because I think that sweetness is kind of elevated with the, uh, the lack of carbonation, right? That's that correct. Sense. That's perfect. Uh, yep. So like the brewery that I work at, at uh, laughing monk, when we do a, um, a, a nitro beer, it's going to be like a, a coffee and cream or, We've done one that is like a waffle kind of thing. It's got like maple syrup type stuff in it. And it's they're, they're the, for me personally, they're the kind of beers that I can have like a small pour of and not a big pour because I don't really do a lot of sweetness in my beer. But uh, even this, this double chocolate is on the sweeter side if you go into, but then there's the Guinness that's on the other side. Um, <laughs> he's awesome. The Guinness is on the other side where it's just got no sweetness at all. Um, there was one question, and I can't remember. I, I want to say it was some uh, someone named Bill, but I could be wrong, who asked about um, just kind of like the fundamentals of pairing, like how how do you uh, even start by trying to come up with a beer and a cigar that are going to pair well together? Uh, Randy, I'm going to take a shot at that, and then you can correct everything that I say that's wrong. Um, the so the fundamental uh, kind of scoring thing that we use here on Flavor Odyssey is we look at intensity and we look at flavor hooks. So the intensity is the strength of the, the flavors that you're getting. So in, um, in a cigar, you'd call that body. 
So, but you'd also call that body in a beer as well. But I'm using terms for cigar smokers for the most part. So when you have a cigar that's a full-bodied cigar, you're going to want a beer that's going to match that intensity. So something on the higher end, on a stout or a porter, something to that effect. But you can also go for the uh, the flavor side of things. And this one, the flavor hook was very, very clear, and that flavor hook was chocolate. If it's a cigar that you've smoked before or you've read about and you've said, well, these are some of the, the flavor components that I can expect to uh, – John just lost his chance at winning. <laughs> John, you're out. Um, uh, if if you uh, you know the some of the flavors you're going to get out of the cigar, you can look for a beer that's going to contribute some of those those similar flavor profiles. That's why IPAs are so tough. But um, anyway, that was just kind of a, a quick stab at the best way to think about a pairing, even before you really get to jump into it. Does that make? Did I miss anything? Um, I, you misrepresented how body is perceived, but other than that, you were like dead on. How did Jeez. I misrepresent body? Uh, because uh, even in our own show, well, I guess in cigars it's more of a, a, a strength of flavor. In beer, it's more of viscosity. Right. I, I. But that's that's body intensity. I would say is still uh, apart from it. But the mouthfeel uh, can play into the body. But to your point, you know, I mean, this this beer is actually a perfect example of what I'm talking about. The uh, the flavor is quite strong. It's kind of an intense flavor. With no body, um, so they're 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 not always perfectly this, correlated. This beer is a bit of an outsider when it comes to that. Sure, um, but in, intensity, you know, in, in food pairing, we we always talk about uh, you know an example of a high intensity pairing would be a imperial an imperial stout with barbecue. Is uh, you know you have smoke and spice and sweetness in the barbecue, and you have potentially smoke, sweetness, uh, richness, maybe even some spice in uh, the Imperial Stout. So they're very intense in, in flavor where uh, Belgian wit beer is going to go better with a arugula salad with a little citrus uh, you know, blast. Very well, that low sounds really intensity. good. Oh, yeah, it's a great pairing. Uh, <laughs> and so, and, and, but mouthfeel is, is what you physically feel on your mouth. It's the body it's any tactile sensation. Again, you know, in, in cigars, we talk a lot about spice and uh, anywhere from uh, a very light spiciness of white pepper up to dark pepper all the way to chili flakes. The, that's a tactile sensation. that You feel a tingle on, on your tongue and in, in, in your mouth. Um, so that's all part of mouthfeel. Body's just one element of mouthfeel. Um, and by the way, I don't know if you noticed, Rob, but someone started a drinking game of every time I say mouthfeel, they had to drink. So I'm going out of my way to say mouthfeel just a couple more times. No, <laughs> mouthfeel is, is super important because the mouthfeel is something that you feel in your mouth. That's so right. If, if you're experiencing mouthfeel in your mouth when you feel it, it's mouthfeel from the mouthfeel that you're feeling with your mouth. Well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, but uh, going back to uh, – It's a great I, I, game. Whoever started that should win. We need to pick yeah. 19 winners. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to reference um, back to Jordan and Eric's pairing. Um, the oatmeal stout from Samuel Smith has the, the oats in it, which gives a lot of texture, gives that silky, creamy character. So you get some of the same creaminess that we're getting out of this, uh, but it is a bigger beer. It has more body. Um, and so I would have thought that that would have been uh, an excellent pairing. I was surprised that, to hear the guys say that it was running over um, the cigar a little bit. Um, 
but that's that's you know off the cuff what I would have gone towards is something more like a, a milk stout or an oatmeal stout that was carbonated rather than nitrogenized. It's probably a really good pairing. I just don't think they know what they're talking about. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so are we going to pick the winners tonight, or are we announcing that later? I think you guys should. Uh, you're going to have to go through and yeah, pick some winners and announce them tomorrow or whatever, yeah, and because you're going to have to Maybe see we'll who do... shared the the show and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we can do it. We'll do a we'll do a live, um, and announce that, or Randy will do a live and announce it, or we can do a joint live, can't we? I don't know. We'll figure it out. So we'll announce the winners tomorrow. Um, so we've got, um, <laughs> my mouth feels drunk. Nice. Um, dragon's milk. That's what was they pairing the dragon's milk with? Cro-Mag. Cro- with, oh, that, that sounds like a great pairing. Yeah. That dragon's milk. That's a barrel aged, um, it's a barrel aged stout. And with the cro is probably perfect. <laughs> it, you're, you're <laughs> right. Exactly. We're sending out 75 winning packages. No, we have, we have three winners. There's a couple that I'm going to go through, and if they don't win, they're going to get a prize from me anyway just because their comments were close to my heart. But, uh, you know, whoever said the Just for Men thing, no, you're never going to win anything. You're on the blacklist <laughs> at this point. Um, um, so we've got some cool stuff coming up on the dojo this week. Uh, I believe tomorrow – is tomorrow the uh, Netflix? Tomorrow's a Netflix party, so uh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Eric. We're gonna What's be uh, we're gonna be watching Hot Rod together. It's a pretty cool idea. There's this thing called Netflix party. And hold on, let me get my uh, let me get my let me get my uh, camera to focus. Focus. Organizing your chi over there, or what's going on? There we go. Anyways, uh, so what you got to do is you da- there's this extension called Netflix party. In and download it into your browser, Chrome. You have to use Chrome. You have to have a Netflix account too, of course. And then, um, and what'll happen is, is if you have that extension installed in your browser, I'll post a link like right around 3 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow on the Dojo app. And you click that link, which will bring up the movie in your browser window. But if you if you click the little extension, then it syncs everybody who's doing it, it all together. So we're, then we become all synced at the exact same spot in the movie. And then there's a little chat window, and we can just watch and chat. So we're, we're, we're basically what we're doing here is we're looking for things to do while we're all under quarantine. And so um, tomorrow is the movie is Hot Rod. And if this goes over well and people like doing it, we'll pick some other movies like Old School and all, all those good fun fun movies uh but tomorrow is sort of our test so if you guys want to join us uh I tomorrow think chad was saying it will it work with mac yes is any, yeah any computer that has a chrome browser yeah. in fact that's what i use chad i use a mac and it <clears> works <throat> great so just just use chrome install that uh extension it's called netflix party i'll post the movie link right around three o'clock and then you just click that little extension thingy which is in the upper right of your browser and then boom you'll be synced with all of us Friday night, Smoke Night Live, we're going to have the Protocol guys on. It'll be uh, Juan and Kevin, so it'll be a complete train wreck. Uh, Be ready for that. (laughs) That'll be a ton of fun. And then uh, you guys can tell. Talladega Nights is a great. Yeah, that would be. Talladega Nights would be good. Shaun of the Dead was the first one. We did Shaun of the Dead already when we used to do movie nights. But who knows? We could maybe do it again in the future, too. Who knows? Um, Timely. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is timely. And then... um, and then next uh, Wednesday, I'll let you guys talk about uh, the next uh, Flavor Odyssey. 
So, uh, Randy, we've got episode Z, as in Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> you know, uh, I was actually thinking Pulp Fiction would make a great movie for uh, movie night. That's a little. It might be a little aggressive, but you know, a little fun. intense. We're, we're all adults here. Um, so we've got episode Z. So, uh, Randy, we're going with the Xeno Platinum. Mm. And what was specifically the Xeno Platinum version that we're smoking? It you is know, the top Scepter. Scepter. And I don't Which know enough like about cool. the line to really tell you what that means. Well, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> and Indeed. we're pairing that with the, uh, the elusive Zombie Dust. Yes. Um, oh, that who is it? Who does Zombie Dust? Randy, remind me. That would be Three Floyds out of Chicago. Three Floyds. They also do the Dark Lord, which That's is correct. A very aggressive beer. Um, so we've got Zombie Dust that we had to go out of our way to uh, get shipped to us because no beers start with the letter Z. So <laughs> next year or next season, season two, we'll do Zombie Dust again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, that is, it's it's a pale ale. It's a hoppy pale ale. So that's uh, we'll we'll try to come up with some options that might be uh, more readily available to everyone throughout the country because uh, Zima, you know what? We might <laughs> Ryan, have to. We actually we thought about it, and <laughs> Zima isn't that easy to find either. Uh, it Not was you're in Japan. It, 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 they re-released it a couple of years ago, but I missed out on it. Um, anyway, that fun pairing. Maybe we'll do that no, this too. Zima never actually went away. They still brew it for Japan. It's still like a big thing in really? Japan. We can yeah, go down to the Coors Brewery and pick some up anytime. Ooh, nice. Nice. So maybe we can maybe we'll make Zima happen in season two. So uh so this this coming week it'll be the Xeno Platinum and the Scepter, basically, which is the that's the Vidola. And the um zombie dust. The the fun thing is that I just brewed a zombie dust clone, Randy, and it should be ready. So maybe we could talk about how poor of a brewer I am while uh, we're on the show. If I can, I could fill a crowler of that up for you. I don't yeah. have a canning line, unfortunately, but I can, I can fill a crowler for you. So maybe we can, uh, we can, we can talk Some about saran that. wrap over the top, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm looking. I've got a, a faction crowler over there. I've got a heretic crowler. I can, I can fill a couple of them up, and they'll last a day or so. Well, uh, let me just throw out there a uh, shout out to our man Wayne Brock, the WB on the app, who was kind enough to uh, support the show and go out to his local retailer and find that zombie dust and ship it to us. Uh, so without the, the yep. cigar dojo at large, we wouldn't have even been able to pull that off. So the zombie dust is one of those uh, from right. It's like it's been around for a few years, but it's been one of those like you have to get it. From around the country, like on in the West Coast, it's Pliny the Elder, and on the East Coast, you've got um, Heady Topper. Heady Topper, thank you, and a Sip of Sunshine. Those types of beers, where it's one of those that everybody tries to get their hands on. So that should be a fun episode. Um, we're going into the hoppy side of things, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, the Zeno, I believe, is a Connecticut wrapper, so it could be interesting in the way that that pairing works. So that'll be next Wednesday. Um, jury is still out whether we're going to do a live episode or if we're going to pre-record, but we'll uh, let you guys know as we get closer and we'll, we'll announce the winners tomorrow. So I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in and I guess we're going to wrap up the episode at this point because, uh, we've, we've gone a little over time anyway. So, uh, thanks everybody for, uh, their support. Go out and find this year of the rat. If you see oh, it, yeah. grab it, 
I mean, whatever, if it's two stick minimum, three stick min or maximum or whatever, you're definitely going to want to get your hands on this one. Check out the review on CigarDojo.com. It's lovely, uh, very well written, a lot of flower <laughs> prose in there, uh, mostly courtesy of Jordan. So thank you for that. Uh, everybody have a, a lovely evening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week when the Odyssey continues. Thank you.